The last date I went on was two days before Donald Trump stood in front of us and told us to maybe chill out for two weeks. Two weeks turned into a year and a half, and a year and a half turned into three years of me not going on a date. Um, And at the time, I was dating a lot, and I remember thinking, Donald, I have a life here. I'm on a roll. And now, three years later, I still have a life. It just doesn't involve dating. And here's the thing. I'm totally cool with it. I'm happy. Like, maybe even I'm happier. Like, I'm not really sure. I'm just kind of overthinking it a little bit. And that's what we're going to overthink and talk about a little bit today is being single and of a certain age, Um, the age being 45, if we're just being totally honest. Um, Welcome to Overthinking in Your Underwear, the show where we use our overthinking brains for self-discovery instead of total sabotage. This is Lindsay, author of Overthinking in Your Underwear, the book, now available on Amazon. Um, Today I'm going to be reading for you from chapter 21 of the book. This is overthinking comparison, shaking off the mold. So we all have comparisons that kind of flood our thinking. Um, Am I this? Am I that? Should I be here? Should I be there? Should I be in the suburbs? Should I be living in the city or promoted to the corner office? So we all kind of sum ourselves up um, compared to our friends and our peers And um, in this chapter, I tell you guys about how I compare myself, and it happens to be about marriage and family. So I'm just going to get into the chapter, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. My baby pictures range from genuinely adorable to Gene Wilder in any movie. As you may have pictured, I was born with thick, unruly, unruly, naturally curly hair, By elementary school, I sported a style aptly described by my sister as high school gym teacher. My mother, a non-curl haver, couldn't manage my mane, so she chopped it to my ears, brushed it into a helmet, feathered it backward, and sprayed it with Aquanet. The firm structure could have protected me from the worst of dodgeball concussions. As I got older and took control of my tendrils, I didn't manage much better than my mom. The number of third-degree curling iron birds inflicted upon myself through middle school should have triggered a visit from a government agency. I was unskilled with the hot tool as I forced my curls into a shape that resembled the trendy bobs of my friends. I'd straighten, smooth, and coax my curls to change. And therein lies the pain of my curly-haired comrades. During a time when your singular goal is to look exactly like everyone else, your hair begs to stand out, curl up, and say, I'm different. These days, the disparity doesn't live in my hairstyle, but in my home life. I'm over 40 and single. Zero marriages, no kids, not even an, oh, get off your knee, you're embarrassing yourself kind of situation. I've been overthinking it all because cultural norms dictate to reach a certain age without traditional milestones insinuates a kind of lacking. Society says happiness looks like marriage, kids, and a curated social media feed with brunch images and workout wins. Hashtag blessed. It implies being unmarried is a kind of tumbleweed existence. No commitment to partners, no tether to children, duty-free like the airport. I wasn't always so solo. For years, I took the passenger seat, a side-by-side scenario where the only fuel was inertia. Growing up, a best friend was an ever-present pleasantry. In college, my world melted with my roommates in a mesh of late nights and missed classes. I had serious boyfriends in succession with barely a breakdown in between. 
At 30, I found myself single and moved to New York. This was an all driver's seat situation, and I was unsure behind the wheel. I focused on my autonomy, and I may have overcorrected a little. So here I am, over 40, single, no kids, and not looking. And that may be the hardest part. People presume I'm dying to get married. Men think first date protocol is cocktails and conversation, but by date two, I'll ask them to swing by the fertility clinic. People ask, why aren't you married? Or did you ever want kids? I'm not offended. I pelted others with the same questions. They are pre-programmed, wrote into a script we recite without thought. How you doing? How's the weather? Are you still ovulating? Jokes aside, there are two things people assume about an unmarried person without kids. A, you're selfish. B, you don't like children. I like to think the first one isn't truer for me than anyone else. And I know the latter is false. I love kids. There was a period where I wanted them. But relationships didn't work out. Years passed. And honestly, I wasn't all that proactive about becoming a mother. When I hit the apex of time, when it was no longer my question to ponder, but Mother Nature's verdict, I was relieved. No more wondering. Fewer people asking. One less choice and a procession of endless decisions. Now I say, it just kind of passed me by. Cue the pity stares. I realize I need to revise my answer because sympathy isn't what I'm after. I'm not sad about my life sans kids, but I need to apologize, justify, and rationalize it for others. Here's the big secret. I am happy. Do I want a partner? Sometimes, but I don't feel the gravity of it day to day. I do, however, feel the crush of comparison. My life doesn't look like this or that or land on the right side of the fence, white picket or otherwise. This chapter isn't a declaration about singledom in society. It's about perception. Perception is that people can't imagine I'm happy alone. Over 40, single, no kids. I'm not sure even I can imagine it because it lands outside the margins of happily and ever after. We've read for so long. You have your own perceptions, pressures, and comparisons charging at you every day. They influence your emotions and drive your interpretations of other people's actions. Maybe you've chosen to stay home with your kids and the looks you catch from working moms hits hard. Or maybe you're the only woman of color in an all-Caucasian office and you hold the weight of representation in everything you do or say. Or maybe you're a 65-year-old professional facing peers half your age with assumptions you're too old to contribute. I could run through every scenario that comes to mind and still miss your experience by a mile. I'm not here to sell a freehand sketch of life. If you want marriage by 28 and a brood of babies by 30, adorn your life accordingly. Don't, fill, don't let a pre-filled list of societal standards tell you what role to fill, when to tap out, or how to act in a given situation. Start a family at 40 or a career at 68. Be an outspoken activist maiden, maven or tuck your thoughts tightly in a journal. Get creative and shape the life you want. And don't fit a mold you were sold years ago. So from here, we roll through a few exercises that help you look at your perceptions and comparisons. And like everything in the, in the book, the first question is always, what is my part and what am I trying to say, in my, say to myself? Like ownership is a really big part of the book. Um, anything we are working through or overthinking always begins with a look in the mirror. So for example, like with my marriage and kids perception, is there something that I want to say to myself? Do I really want to get married and have kids? And that's why this perception chafes my overthinking brain. Um, I would say no. For me, that's a no. <laughs> um, I think being single at over 40 without kids 
is kind of a hard story to own because it's not one we're used to hearing. Uh, my generation, we grew up hearing married by 25, have kids by 30. Um, everyone kind of graduated and gravitated towards this one lifestyle choice. Nothing wrong with that at all. Um, but I feel like I'm going against the grain or doing something wrong or the oddball in my peer group. And I mean, I'm the oddball for other reasons, I'm sure. Um, but I felt like I was doing, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. And I think that's where my perception comes, comes in, um, is because I feel like I'm kind of going against the story that we've all learned. I don't believe any of that is true. Um, I think what I'm doing is, is great and fulfilling and happy, but that's where I'm getting my perception. Um, I, I just have, anyway, sorry, I have these because of these social norms. So that's what this chapter is really about is asking you to look at your perceptions and see what you're saying to yourself. Um, so you can stop your overthinking brain. If you can pause and say, okay, where is this coming from? Do I need to like pull out a nugget of truth? Um, it can help you stop your overthinking brain. And I also ask people in this chapter to take your perception and list all the positive things about it. So for me, I'm single and 40, no kids. What are all the positive things that come from that? Um, all the time to pursue my passion, like talking to you here and working on my book and working on my writing. Um, so if you have a perception, list all the things that are positive about that instead of the negative things that maybe you, you think other people are feeling about you, which maybe you're really feeling about yourself and this perception, pump some positivity into that perception and list all of those. So that's an exercise we go through in the book. Uh, so, you know, the other day I was talking to my mom about a totally different subject, um, but we kind of came to this conversation about like how ideas and things and attitudes shift through the generations. And she was saying how when she graduated, which would have been about 1968, she had three choices. She could be a nurse, a secretary, or a teacher. That was it. That, that, was, that was all women were allowed to be. They couldn't even think beyond that. Um, and I feel like the marriage conversation will be looked at similarly one day. I don't know if it's the next generation or if it's going to be further down the road, but I think one day a grandmother will be telling her grandchildren, you know, we were expected to get married right out of college, have kids, and that was the blueprint that everybody lived by. There was one box to check and there were just no other options on the list. I think it's going to be a similar kind of conversation. And, you know, I'm not anti-family at all. I'm not even anti-marriage. Um, I love my family. I, my family is who I spend the most time with. Um, I just find myself stuck on this one option lifestyle that everyone is offered. And the fact that we don't overthink that maybe there are a lot more ways to be happy. Um, that's it for today. Until next time, thank you for overthinking with me.